you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everybody, it's Monday, October 16th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We got specialists in the house. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you so much for helping us put this show on, and thank you out there for engaging with us. However it is, whether it's audio, whether it's video, whether it's social media, whatever, we appreciate you being here. Um, this was a not a fun week of fantasy football. Not a lot of points, a lot of guys getting hurt. It, it was a very weird week all around. Just like great teams losing to bad teams. It it was kind of, we said that about last week too. Right. So the last two weeks, kind of two to forget. Yeah. Uh, we no longer have any undefeated teams in the National Football League with both the 49ers and Eagles losing. Uh, and it's just a whole lot of weirdness. We will have our biggest takeaways from week six, plus the top performers and biggest disappointments of the week. But let's start, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. And injuries were the big story for the 49ers. A couple of big ones Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Both left the game as the Niners ended up losing to the Cleveland Browns. Now, we wait to see how serious they are. Debo had an x-ray on his shoulder. That was negative. An MRI is coming. McCaffrey had an oblique injury. He came back in for a play or two and then left to go to the locker room. So at this point, if you have one of those guys, you are probably looking for some backup options. Who are the waiver wire targets you might be looking at? Jordan Mason would be the top running back that I'm interested in right now. He played more snaps than Elijah Mitchell, had more carries, more yards, scored a touchdown. But I do think Elijah Mitchell is worth uh, targeting as well because I don't think one single back replaces McCaffrey. Hopefully he is able, though, to suit up this week. From the passing game, I don't think there's a wide receiver there that I really want to pick up. Yeah, I mean, I think the next man up is probably Jawan Jennings, but I don't know that he's going to get enough love uh, to really make it worthwhile. I do wonder if Debo is out, does this mean George Kittle sort of comes back to life? Because aside from the one big game he had with the three touchdowns against the Cowboys, George Kittle really hasn't offered much in fantasy. I think he's got three or four games with fewer than five fantasy points. So if Debo can't go, maybe this means George Kittle gets some of those short targets and gets a whole lot more work uh, in the passing game. Brandon Ayuk will just keep being awesome. Well, he's going to keep eating. Brandon Ayuk <laughs> is just going to eat. Like, that, I think, has been well-established uh, at this point. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Justin Fields suffered a hand injury to his right hand, uh, a dislocated thumb in the game against the Vikings. Now, the good news is there are no fractures, 
Uh, X-rays were negative. He will have an MRI also on Monday to determine if there's any additional damage. Tyson Bajent came in, and I think the first play he had, he got blitzed and sacked, fumbled, and scooped and scored. Uh, it was all bad for him. I would put that on him. It's just Nobody blocked for him on that play. But can we trust D- DJ Moore if it's Bajent that's at quarterback for this team? I watch a lot of football, and when Bajent, Bajent came in, I was like, who? <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you don't have a choice. Like, the Bears next week at the Raiders, that is not a matchup that you're going to to being avoiding. Uh, there's six teams on by next week because there was only two this week. Why not make it four and four? But no, right. six teams on by. We, we keep talking about the injuries that continue to pile up right now. I just don't see a league where, unless you're in a very shallow league, I find it hard to believe that you have a better option than DJ Moore sitting on your bench. Yeah, I mean, 12-team leagues, it's certainly deeper than that. You are you can't really get away from DJ Moore. Even in 10-team leagues, depending on your situation, you might not be able to get away from him. Um, let's just hope that in the week to come, if Justin Fields can't go, Badgett gets enough work, that he somehow builds a rapport with DJ Moore and they start getting the football to him more consistently. Uh, it was good to see Darnell Mooney kind of get involved a little bit uh, on Sunday as well, but you know who knows how deep this passing game is going to go, or if they you know, trust him to throw the ball a lot at all, we will find out. More injury news. We knew that Anthony Richardson was already out. Gardner Minshew got the start against the Jaguars. He did not look good. But there are reports that Richardson is considering having surgery on his shoulder, which would end his season. Now, the good news is there are reportedly no torn ligaments in the throwing shoulder, but in terms of whether he wants to just rest and see how it heals up or just go on and get it fixed, uh, we still sort of are waiting to find out. So in that case, should we still be holding on to Anthony Richardson if you are? Uh, watching that video hurts my heart so much. Like Anthony Richardson was my guy at the quarterback position. I have a lot of teams with Richardson this year. Uh, if you have an IR spot, easily hold on. Yeah. If you're in a two quarterback format, I would hold on. Even at one quarterback, I guess it depends on the rest of your team. If you have a lot of other injuries, you can go ahead and get rid of him. But I think I would try to hold on until we get word that he is officially undergoing this surgery. Because then you could let him go. But if he ends up coming back and right. playing football again, I want him on my fan. Somebody's going to snatch him up if you put him out there on the waiver wire. And there's even a slight chance that he's going to come back. I guess this is more an advertisement for why you should have an IR spot in your fantasy league. If you don't have him in your league, you beg your commissioner, harass the commissioner, and get yourself an IR spot. So you can just put him there, and then you can hold on to him, and it's all good there. So there it is. All right, so those are the headlines. Now we got the things that we learned, our biggest takeaways from week six. Uh, We have a couple each, and you're staying in Indianapolis for your first one. Yeah, the Colts running backs with Gardner Minshew are going to get targeted a whole bunch. And that's something that I wasn't banking on with Anthony Richardson because he can run. He also has a laser of an arm and could throw downfield. Like, he could throw 50 yards while falling down. So he's not going to be looking to dump it off all the time. But Minshew will be. Yesterday, Zach Moss played 49% of the snaps to 43%. They both had just seven carries for Moss, eight carries for Taylor. It did not matter. Seven targets for Zach Moss, 25 routes, six targets, 21 routes for Jonathan Taylor. I think these are two backs, Marcus, that you could just keep starting moving forward. Like, I do think we will eventually get to the point where Taylor overtakes too much of the work and Moss is not someone you feel great starting. But until we get there, keep starting both of these guys. Yeah, might as well keep starting both of them. I do know yesterday, I think game script kind of got away from Indianapolis. They fell behind kind of big and at some point had to kind of abandon 
running the football and Minshew just was on the struggle bus yesterday throwing three interceptions. So, uh, you know, that I think had an impact, but it is, you know, I think it's interesting that I think Minshew is going to work those guys into the passing game. For me, Drake London is back and like kind of Kyle Pitts too. It's been amazing the last few weeks. I, you know, we go back to week one when Drake London had one target and no catches. Since then, he's been targeted at least six times in every game. Had the huge game this past week uh, against Washington where he went over 100 yards. Meanwhile, Kyle Pitts has had six or more targets in three of his last four games. He had a touchdown this week after having the 11 targets last week. So finally, it looks like, I, I don't know if, you know, Arthur Smith has been shamed into it or if he just came <laughs> to this decision on his own. I don't care. But the targets are going to the main pass catchers. The last two weeks between Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they've had more than 45% of the targets. They've had nearly 60% of the air yards. So it's finally looking like what we wanted. Like Bijan Robinson still getting his targets as well. So all the playmakers finally getting involved. You know, we're seeing less of Mac Hollins. You know, they traded for Van Jefferson. I think he had two targets. So, like, the offense is looking the way we want it to. I, I hope he sticks with this because, like, you know, look, I, I know they're not winning, so I hope he doesn't just uh, abandon this. But, you know, it's looking good right now. Arthur Smith is Cersei, and, and this podcast, me and you, we're like Rebecca. Shame. Just walking behind her. Shame. Yeah. But Shame. It, it's not like we're doing this just because we have a personal vendetta against them. <laughs> we're like, these two guys are very good at football. Please just throw them the ball. And it's worked. It's worked. Uh, you know, it's funny because they didn't... You, the next thing is to get Kyle Pitts more yards. I, you know, I saw the stat last week that uh, when Pitts has 80 or more receiving yards, they're 6-0. and uh, He only had 43 yards this week. So you just got to bump that number up a little bit. And maybe that they, will help your chances. They also lost at home, which now Desmond Ritter, we can stop saying that he's never lost at home. <laughs> right? And now maybe we actually, you know, maybe get that quarterback change if he doesn't start playing get little, better. Get a little Taylor Heineke action in there. I think we'd be okay with that. You know, F it. Drake London's down there somewhere. <laughs> Um, speaking of quarterback play, uh, we had a quarterback kind of come back to earth a little bit this week. Yeah, I learned that Brock Purdy is immortal, just like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> I had two weeks ago was like, hey, he's playing the Dallas Cowboys defense. Let's let's exercise caution. And then he had his best fantasy game of the year. And I was like, cool, this guy's matchup proof. We could just <laughs> go ahead and start him. And he struggled yesterday. 125 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But what worries me, look, the Browns' defense is awesome. We were talking before the show. This is the first bad weather game he's played in the NFL. A lot of reasons to be like, okay, I'm going to overlook this for Brock Purdy. It's one game. What concerns me is the fact that Trent Williams is out. Yep. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I've been the person a lot of the time saying like, hey, Brock Purdy on the 49ers, amazing. You take away all the weapons and everything, probably not so much. So that is something that I'm definitely keeping a close eye on moving forward. I think everybody's going to be watching to see how healthy the Niners are going into this week because that's going to have a big impact on Purdy and a lot of guys. Uh, you know, and just that whole offense and who you're starting because, uh, you know, losing players always stinks. When you're losing your best players on offense, it's going to have an impact. I don't three, care. Three in like a quarter. Are. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just rough. Uh, for me, we spent all week debating whether it was Keontae Ingram or Imari DiMercato. Maybe the answer is none of the above. Uh, it was not great for the Cardinals' backfield. They spread the opportunities around between three different guys. I mean, you had Ingram with 10 carries, Williams with eight carries, DiMercato played the most snaps, only had two carries. Josh Dobbs ran the ball seven times. 
nobody was particularly efficient with their opportunities. And in the end, all three of those guys, all three of the running backs, turned out to be really underwhelming for fantasy. And I get the sense that's what this is going to be for the next few weeks until James Conner comes back. He was the guy getting most of the work. He was doing very well with it. And I don't know that the Cardinals are going to trust any one person to be efficient enough or productive enough to just give them a whole big workload. So um, sometimes the answer is none. And apparently that's the case uh, with the Arizona Cardinals running backs. Uh, we do have answers to some other things, including the guys who boosted you up or maybe let you down. We'll also talk some waiver wire picks coming up a little bit later on in the show. Stick around for plenty more merriment and information. All of it in one here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive into the top performers for week six, heading into the Monday night football game. Tua Tungavailoa continuing to put up big numbers. 22 and a half points for him, uh, three passing touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, a.k.a. Raheem Mustart. Two rushing touchdowns, also a receiving score, 34.2 points as he ran over the Panthers. Amon Ross St. Brown, big day, 12 catches, a buck 24 and a touchdown. That was good for 30-plus points. Travis Kelsey going back to Thursday night, nine catches, 124 yards, 21, almost 21 and a half points for him. Justin Tucker made six field goals. That was good for 18 points. And the Vikings defense going against the Bears, five sacks, three takeaways, a touchdown scored, gave up 13 points. That was good for 21 fantasy points. Let's uh, break this down with some of the guys that maybe were on the list and some of the guys who maybe were just off the list of top performers. And uh, Tyree Kill uh, had a lot of great things he did. Maybe the best thing he did was take a selfie doing a backflip, though, on Sunday. Everything he does is cool. Like, he <laughs> might be the coolest human walking the planet right now. It is insane. But I, I know some of you are out there like, oh, he won me my week. Six catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown, 28 fantasy points. Yeah, that's an average game so far for Tyreek Hill because he has topped 28 fantasy points in four of his six games, 150 or more yards in four of his six games. He scored a touchdown in five of those six. He has given you double-digit fantasy points in all of them, and currently he is averaging 27 fantasy points per game and is on pace for 2,306 yards and the greatest 
wide receiver fantasy season, like blowing out what Cooper Cup did two years ago. It is insane right now. The production on a weekly basis Tyreek Hill is giving. He up. is less than 200 yards away from a thousand and it's week six. Week six. Cheat that's, code. That's like, insane how good he has been this year. It was like, everybody's like, you left Patrick Mahomes. There's no way you, you're going to be as good. He's better. Yeah. Stats-wise, he is better now away from Patrick Mahomes, which is an amazing thing to say. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. continues to have a very good season, and we weren't sure what to make of Pittman or the Colts passing game. I mean, Florio mentioned Anthony Richardson with the big, strong arm, but accuracy was going to be an issue. Plus, he was going to run. A lot of people, myself included, were off of Michael Pittman, but he continues to get looks and targets, and it hasn't mattered who the quarterback is. When Richardson was there, they were throwing to Pittman. When it's Gardner Minshew, they've been throwing to Pittman. So he is the bona fide wide receiver one. By the way, Josh Downs, uh, if you haven't gone and get him, if he's out there on the waiver wire, go get Josh Downs because he's starting to get some more opportunities. But Michael Pittman uh, continues to ball out. So from a veteran receiver to a rookie who's having himself uh, quite a year right now. Yeah, Zay Flowers found pay dirt for the first time uh, yesterday this season. But what I care about is the consistent volume that he gives us and the consistent fantasy production. He is good for double-digit fantasy points every single week. But in six games so far this season, Zay Flowers has led the Ravens in targets four times. And specifically in the five games that Mark Andrews has played, Zay Flowers has led them in three of those five games in targets. And in just as a whole, with those two both on the field, Flowers is averaging 7.6 targets per game to 6.8 for Mark Andrews. There is a new top target in Baltimore, it looks like right now. Obviously, you're still starting Mark Andrews each and every week, but you should be doing the same for Zay Flowers, I think, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the Flowers and Andrews show. I know Beckham had a, a nice play, a couple of nice plays, but uh, he's been banged up. Rashad Bateman, yeah, it might be over for Rashad Bateman. Yeah, oh, yeah. He barely gets on the field at this point. Um, Travis Etienne has blossomed into a playmaker. I mean, we thought he could be that when he was drafted out of Clemson, but it's taken a couple of years, but now it seems like it's happening. He's had four games with at least 17 fantasy points. He's playing about 80% of the snaps, getting about 65% of the rushing attempts. And when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield, he's pretty much it. He's got 24 targets. The next closest Jaguar running back has, I think, three. It's pretty much the Travis Etienne show there in the backfield. And he's starting to score touchdowns, four touchdowns in his last couple of games. So he's a guy that, you know, very quietly has become an RB1 for fantasy and should be in your lineup every week. Before it was like, a, hey, do I start Etienne or this guy? At this point, you're starting Travis Etienne. Um, that's great. There's another guy that like is looking like an RB1 right now, too, that I'm, I'm happy that he's back for us. Oh, yeah. Brees Hall is back in a big way. And two weeks ago, they came out and they were like, all right, training wheels are off. No more snap count. We're letting Brees go. And then he went off against the Broncos. And you're like, cool. It was awesome to see. But it's the Denver Broncos. They give up a career high to running backs on a weekly basis. Then he gets the Eagles, who have been the exact opposite. They had allowed the fewest yards, fewest fantasy points, all of that to running backs. Brees Hall in week six, 68% of the snaps, 12 of 16 RB carries, 23 routes, five targets, led all running backs there in receiving usage, 93 yards, a touchdown, and 20 fantasy points. By far the best performance any running back has had against the Eagles. Prior to this, it was Raheem, uh, I'm sorry, Ramondre Stevenson, who was around 14 fantasy points in week one. So Brees Hall uh, is back and potentially looking like a league winner down the stretch. Which is kind of what we were hoping for from him. 
Uh, you know, I know we, we knew he was dealing with the injury and they had Dalvin Cook there, but we were hoping that he would start to get that opportunity, and he has. He's doing the most with it. Speaking of doing the most with their opportunities, Kyron Williams, who had a big day against the Cardinals on Sunday, 20 carries for 158 yards and a rushing touchdown. I think the issue for Kyron Williams, aside from the fact that he looks like he's got an ankle injury that's getting checked out via an MRI, is that Sean McVay sometimes forgets to run the football. I mean, two weeks ago, he had 25 carries against the Colts, went for 103 yards and a couple of rushing touchdowns. Last week against the Eagles, just 13 carries, still went for more than four yards a carry against that Philadelphia defense. And then the big game on Sunday, he is the guy. Yes, every once in a while, they sprinkle Ronnie Rivers in there when Williams needs to catch his breath. But this has been the Kyron Williams show. He's the reason that Cam Akers now collects his mail in Minneapolis. These, when they get him the ball, he is being productive. And this is a guy that, look, we talk about, there have been a lot of really great waiver wire pickups in the early season. Two of them are in Los Angeles between Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Williams has become an RB1 now, and he's a guy that I can't see how you get him out of your lineup unless you somehow have just you know, been blessed with good running backs. Kyron Williams needs to be started pretty much every week for a lot of people. And on Puka, I've seen people yesterday be like, people were tweeting me like, oh, it's over for Puka. It's one down week, and he had a touchdown go through his hands. Just, just breathe. It's, it's going to be okay. one week, and he still saw targets. I mean, he <laughs> look, he still had seven, had seven targets. Like, what, why, why are we freaking out? It was a bad game. It happens for everybody. Well, speaking of actual disappointments in fantasy, we do have a couple. I... I'm, I I want to believe in Damian Pierce. It's getting harder to believe in Damian Pierce. Yeah, and it wasn't to me yesterday the fact that he didn't give you, like, 3.4 fantasy points is obviously big and disappointing, but you could justify that at times by being like it was a tough matchup. Their O-line isn't completely healthy yet. But what worries me is, one, for the first time all year, he lost volume, and two, he got straight up outplayed by Devin Singletary. Yesterday, 52% of the snaps went to Singletary, just 35% for Pierce. Uh, they split carries, 12 for Singletary, 13 for Pierce. It was Singletary that was running the routes and, and getting the targets. 34 yards for Damian Pierce, 62 for Devin Singletary. It is highly, highly concerning because volume is what had been propelling Damian Pierce and keeping him in the conversation as a fantasy starter. They're on by this week. Then they get the Panthers, which is the ultimate get-right spot. I think both of those running backs are in play in week eight. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But if you have Damian Pierce right now, I think uh, outside of that one run where he took the entire like D-line down to the one-yard line, it's been a rough season, and it was a rough game yesterday. Yeah, I just I, you know, I, I really believe I, I drafted him in a lot of spots, but so far the early returns have not been great, and it's time to get really worried. because As you mentioned, Devin Singletary starting to show up in that offense. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I know he didn't have Justin Jefferson, but they were playing the Bears, and it felt like you could still at least believe that you were going to get some decent production out of Kirk Cousins. Instead, you get fewer than nine fantasy points from Kirk O'Chains. Uh, it was nice to see Jordan Addison get in the, in the end zone, but this was not what I was hoping for for him. And I think what we're seeing is Kirk Cousins sort of turning into Kirk Cousins, right, where you get those big blow-up games, those high-ceiling games, and you have games like this where the floor kind of falls out from underneath in a matchup that you feel like should be, uh, you know, a positive one. And now it makes you wonder, because the rest of the schedule gets a lot tougher over the next few weeks, can you trust Kirk Cousins without Justin Jefferson? And the answer is, I really don't know. 
The the funny part about Kirk Cousins is by far his two worst fantasy games are the two that the Vikings have won. <laughs> that's that's very true. I don't know what that means. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't have any stake in the Vikings winning or not, so I just want Kirk to to play well. So, uh, sorry, Minnesota fans, if that <laughs> if that hurts your potential for uh, for winning football games. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Be sure to listen tomorrow for all our top waiver wire targets. Plus, we're hitting up the fan mailbag to answer your questions. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.